This is Don't Panic, episode number 20, recorded November 4th, 2013, on Android Fragments, BlackBerry Implosion, and the NSA Leaks Everywhere. Good evening and welcome to another exciting edition of Don't Panic on the Gadgets, Internet, and You, uh, the best technology podcast on Earth because we said so. This week, coming to you with an exciting development, that's right, products. This is where you can get officially licensed Don't Panic merchandise, starting with this high-quality Don't Panic coffee mug. You can be an (laughs) owner of an original piece of officially licensed merchandise for only one easy payment of $39.95 plus processing and handling. On one side, the high-quality, semi-color graphic, Don't Panic. You can own a piece of that. And then on the other side, it's got our slogan on gadgets, the Internet, and you, and then our website, don'tpanic.io. And then on the bottom... You know it's officially licensed because we say it's officially licensed merchandise. <laughs> so there you go. Email us, don'tpanicshow at gmail.com to get your officially licensed, high-quality, one-of-a-kind, don't panic mug. We've got merch now. That's how you know we made it. Outside of that, good news, even better news, because we have the two tech luminaries here uh, along with me to discuss all the happenings in tech this week, and we're going to start it off with uh, Colby Rabidou. Colby, how we doing? Pretty good. Not, I don't know. I'm about the same as last week, I think, which is good. I'm still happy about the Firefox phone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you'll ever get off that high. I don't think so. <laughs> and, I of course, Dan Miller. Dan, how's it going? Howdy. I'm it's doing a, well. It's an exciting week in technology, but uh, we say that every week, so you can't really tell if we're telling the truth, but we're going to say it anyway. Uh, we've got I think a lot it of... means that every week's an exciting week in technology. It is when we're here, Dan. It is when we're here, That's and I'm true. happy to say that, and I want to let everyone out there know that we do this show live every single Monday night. Uh, unless Colby's on a plane and we're all sick, but that's rare. That only happened that one time. Otherwise, we're here every week, <laughs> 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific, and you can get all the greatest and latest, our live, our subscribe to iTunes link, uh, and uh, past episodes, audio and video, at don'tpanic.io. Did Sean's face disappear for everyone else, too? Or it just... did, yeah. I don't. My computer has been... I, I had to restart, and it's just been a nightmare, so I could just drop out in the middle of the show. Hmm. Um, a little tension there for, for the How's listeners. How's that Windows 8 working out for you there, Sean? <laughs> my computer's worked great all day, and then the second I plug 18,000 things into it for the show, it just kind of, like, falls oh, in God. upon itself. Yeah. Oh, that's too bad. Darn Windows. Mac would never <laughs> do that. No. Um, so, uh, and also be sure to watch us live. We are all in the chat room right now. Again, don'tpanic.io slash live.html, facebook.com slash don'tpanicshow. Okay, let's move on. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about this week. We've got KitKat is here. The Nexus 5 is here. BlackBerry is not going to be here much longer. Uh, the NSA is collecting all your goods. We've got Valve Steam Machines, and we've got some awesome, awesome picks uh, but let's kick it off with the uh, big announcement this week. Uh, it's been a busy fall. Yes, Colby? <laughs> Before we start, can I just, like, in case Colin's listening, um, the Red Sox won the World Series and the Yankees didn't even make the playoffs. So I thought that was worth mentioning. <laughs> so awesome. Ooh, Jet- fuck the Yankees. They suck. <laughs> good, good call, Colby. Good call. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Go Sox! (laughs) 
Going to Feel Fenway. Good. Okay. Uh, I can't do a Boston accent. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, Dan, are there any sports teams you want to trash talk before we get going? <laughs> no? Uh, yeah, not really. The Jets. The Jets, I have a, a soft spot for making fun of them. Well, they're like the nickelback of football. That's <laughs> <laughs> because last year was so easy. Uh, but I don't actually know anything about football, which speaks to the fact that like, even I, someone as who tries to insulate himself as much as possible from football, still heard about how much the Jets suck. It's, it's the cool thing. All, all the kids are doing it now, sucking like the Jets. Okay. Uh, we will uh, move on from these shenanigans to technology. Uh, an Android 4.4 KitKat was released this week by the little company known as Google. Um, this is the second release since 4.0 back in 11. Uh, and now we're on 4.4. Uh, and while it's not radically different, uh, it certainly is different. So we'll run down some of the new things you'll get to see in 4.4. Uh, there's definitely some design stuff. Uh, shouldn't be surprised we see iOS take a big radical change in iOS 7, so Android's not far behind. Um, they're moving to a lot of whites versus blues, a lot more translucency. Uh, they're hiding the status bar and the... Um, the I see now I don't even know what you call it, so now I have to literally look. Uh, the status bar and the bottom button bar says this article, uh, are translucent in a lot of places or sometimes disappear completely so your apps go full screen without seeing the status bar at the top uh, or the button, the on-screen buttons at the bottom. Um, apps have been updated to look prettier. Um, I mean, are you guys... I cannot share my screen, otherwise I would. Uh, are you guys looking at these uh, screenshot pictures here? Yeah, I can, I can share my... That, that would be because I'm doing the two. Anyway, it's a long story. Um, so are there any sort of immediate thoughts on this new design style Google's going for? I mean, certainly cleaner, simplistic. I know, I know one of the big issues I had with Android was that it didn't feel as... Um, it felt a lot heavier and a lot clunkier than... Um, than otherwise had than um, iOS perhaps or even Windows Phone. I thought it was just very. It looked like an operating system and not like something fun. I don't know. What What do you guys? I think they've improved mm -hmm. a lot. Um, I mean, I know. So like, a lot of it, at least for me, it, a lot of it used to be that it was just kind of slow. So, but they they addressed a lot of that in the last. Uh, I believe it was the four belly jean. Belly jean. <laughs> Can't do that with this one though. <laughs> Kit Kat is Kit Kat, no matter how you switch it. Uh, I hate that. Um, <laughs> I guess it could be Cat Kit. Mm. There you go. That's not bad. That's that must yeah. be like the SDK. That's what they should rename the Android SDK. <laughs> Cat Kit. <laughs> um. Yeah, but I mean, it it is certain like having taken like seven months off from Android and gone back to it a little bit this summer, um, the the impu improvement in that in that clunky factor was significantly improved. I thought, uh, but I really dig the the look of this. 
Though I'm not sure if it actually is different or they just have different wallpapers. <laughs> Either way, it looks way better. I think the the <laughs> icons are are a little softer, and and I honestly I think it's the a lot of the translucency stuff you see in the bottom button bar and in the task bar. Um, it just doesn't seem as like heavy and weighted down. Very similar to iOS seven yes. changes. <laughs> Absolutely. Um. Other things of note here, uh, the launcher has changed up. We're uh, fully integrated with Google Now, no surprise there. Um, all you have to do is um, s- the leftmost screen when you're swiping through your screens uh, is now Google Now. So uh, you go there and you can... Um, oh, that's nice. Yep, and once you're in the launcher... All you have to do is say, OK, Google, and do the voice search. It won't do it with your phone being off unless you have a specific phone like the Moto X. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the cool things that I thought uh, when it came to Google Now was that starting slowly with a few specific uh, partners but then rolling out broader is that Google Now has partnerships with app developers, so... Um, App information is included in Google Now. Things like restaurant reservations and open table and you know, searching within Twitter and, and other, you know, they don't have a full list of who they're including yet. That'll roll out over time. But I'm like, that's a big improvement over uh, I guess Siri would probably be your next closest competitor who has yet to really embrace the connecting with apps. Um, and I think that's an enormous value add for Google if they can get these apps to actually include their data in Google Now. Yeah, I mean, I think Siri has, like, some specific third-party integrations now, right? But, like, it's not an open... No. ...an open platform, which is pretty... really too bad. lame, if you ask me. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's not very good, but it could be useful, maybe. <laughs> it could be useful, maybe. <laughs> um, so, along with Google Now, we have an update to Hangouts. Uh, including SMS and MMS uh, built in with Hangouts. Um, although early reviews say it's not that great and you're going to want to bypass uh, doing some of that, specifically because you have to tie your SMS to one Google account. Um, sometimes they don't show up in threads. If you're using multiple Google accounts, you'll have an issue. Uh, they're separate, whereas opposed to iMessage, where the iMessage and the SMS will be in the same thread. Google mm-hmm. separates them out. Um, I mean, it's clearly an early version of the product. Uh, so I don't think there's a lot of surprise there um, yeah. with that. But it is it is a good start. Um, and they're certainly pushing uh, Hangouts as the future of messaging. What um, is Hangouts? We're on is, a Hangout right now. Hangout is text, audio, and video from all your devices to the all the other devices. Okay. That's if you really want to know what Google's going for. And it's connecting, and eventually it'll be like... I mean, I'm trying to think of a good comparison, but there really isn't a... <laughs> I guess kind of like Facebook in a way, mm-hmm. where it's just... Yeah, Facebook has all that stuff. You send out one message on one thing, and it goes to all the other things, and sometimes that message is text, and sometimes it's pictures, and sometimes it's audio, and sometimes it's video... And it's just, and they're just trying to, and then you throw in Google Voice, which you're getting a little bit with this SMS integration, and it just turns into what, the communication product. It's in your Gmail, it's in mm-hmm. Google Plus. 
Yeah, that's that's nice. That that's really great for the NSA. They have like one consolidated <laughs> place. Oh my god! They said the NSA drink. <laughs> I, didn't even, I didn't even bring it up this time. Oh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. I promise. Um, let's see what else is new in here. There's some productivity stuff. Uh, Quick Office is pre-installed, so you can mess around with uh, uh, yeah, right. Office apps. Um, there is a Quick Office. It, I believe Google bought them a couple years ago. It w- yep. was a separate, yeah, it was a separate app you could download for Android. To, I've used it. It's a fine program. The weird thing is, Quick Office can't open Google Docs from Google Drive. So if you want to edit a Word document, you use Quick Office. But if you want to open a Google Doc, you have to use Google Drive. They don't. They don't really work together. It's very strange. Can you open a Word document? I mean, can you open Word documents in Google Drive? You can, but you can't edit them unless you convert it to a Google Doc. Quick Office allows you to edit it in native Doc or DocX format. Oh. I know. It's it's so clear and obvious. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. So it's a little silly. Um, there's a new file uh, picker app. Um, which integrates with cloud services, Google Drive, Dropbox, so you can uh, mix up your files a lot easier. Um, apparently, performance is uh, significantly better. Uh, they, they, you remember uh, what was it? Project Butter. They have a new one, Project Svelte. Um, okay. What's Project Svelte? It says here that it makes Android 4.4 capable of running on lower end hardware. Uh, so. Oh. Um, it improves memory management, so it'll run faster on higher devices and run better on lower-end devices. Does it say how lower? Um, only 512 megabytes of RAM. Okay. Which I guess is low. <laughs> Semi. I couldn't... I, could, I mean, the, the rumor was part of this was due to um, wearables and Google Glass and, uh, you know, the... the wa- megabytes of RAM. I don't know. There's also a, around the world. There's this pretty significant amount of like really old Android phones. Yeah, yeah, I definitely mm-hmm. think that's a big part of it. Those will probably never get updated. Let's be honest. Um, I mean, that's so. Is the idea that you can update a phone now that you weren't able to update for Jelly Bean, or is there still a minimum hardware requirement? It's just that it'll work better. There's a minimum requirement. I, I'm, I'm under everything I've read leads me to the idea that this was not designed for older models, but rather for future lower powered models. So right. I'm sure with you know Cyanogen mod and something like that, could you put it on an older device that Jellybean didn't work great on? Yeah, it'll probably work a lot better. But uh, I, I don't think that was actually really their intention. Mm-hmm. Um, one other thing they did was the uh, phone app. Um, now uh, is kind of smart, so it not only will automatically pull up people you call the most, uh, but you can actually search for businesses right within the phone dialer app. Um, So instead of having to do it separate, if you want to call the local pizza place, you can put in the name of the pizza place right in dialer, and it'll find you that number. That's pretty clever. Yeah, no, it's kind of a neat little shortcut. Um... That's it for most of the big features. Um, a couple of other apps were updated. Um, the biggest 
things I want to mention that haven't been mentioned is that a very large amount of what we talked about is only available on one phone. What? The launcher with Google Now, um, which is probably the biggest. Uh, there were a couple of other features that I'm trying to remember. Oh, uh, the app integration with Google Now. Um, those are only available on the Nexus 5. What? What? Is that, like, for permanence or just, like, because nothing else runs KitKat? It is in the version of KitKat that is on Nexus 5. It is not in the version that everyone else is getting. What? What? So, really, the the big highlight from KitKat, I mean, we talk about all these features, but a, a huge thing to talk about is that this is the most Google-integrated Android they've ever put out. Yeah. But that means they really are making now two different versions of Android. They're making the Google version that'll be on the Nexus 5 with Google Now and all this Google integration and the SMS with your Google account and all stuff. And then a second version of Android, KitKat, that is going out to everyone else a little less Google. Hmm. Wasn't that... Doesn't that run contrary to their whole philosophy that they talked about at the last Android release? Like, we want to bypass the carriers and get the all the fe- same features to everyone as soon as possible. And I was like, well, yes, but all the features that we are, like, differentiating on for our own device, we are not going to give to everyone. I mean, is it, is it that certain hardware requirements need to be met? I would doubt it's it's hardware requirements. It'll be interesting to see if a future phone is announced with these features that isn't a Nexus phone. Or a um, Motorola phone. Or a Motorola phone. But, I mean, my thought, my assumption based on very little knowledge would be that Google is finally putting their foot down when it comes to all these other manufacturers who are putting HTC Sense and whatever gunk Samsung slaps all over their phones, <laughs> and they're saying, enough is enough. We'll give you Android, and that's fine, but we know how to make good Android, and we're going to keep the best stuff for ourselves. And maybe down the line they'll roll it out to them, but, I mean, I honestly think it's a smart strategy for Google. I absolutely approve of what they're doing. I know it kind of goes against the you know open, everyone gets Android kind of mentality, but Google's got to look out for themselves, and Android is really, you know, I don't, there's probably some reason why they couldn't put Google Now on all these other devices. And so they'd Mm -hmm. rather have the best experience on their devices. It makes sense for them as a company. I don't know, what what do you guys think? Is this a good strategy for them? I mean, maybe it wasn't, like, well, maybe this is, like, a, like, Google's fork of Android in the same way, like, senses HTC's. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like maybe I don't know. What like could could licensing things, their open source licenses and stuff, pre- like prevent them from legally doing that? Like, no, because only the like actual open source Android is very bare bones. It yeah. doesn't have like Gmail or any of those things in it. Right. And actually, there's a, some talk about how 
Google has kind of stopped working on the uh, some of the built-in apps. So like, there's a built-in SMS app and the built-in email app and the built-in browser that isn't Chrome yeah, that just old. haven't been updated because Google has since replaced them with their own Hangouts and Gmail and Google Calendar and things like that. Right. So <laughs> that's probably it, why so terrible. Right. Yeah, but at the same time, no one no one else can like take up the maintaining of those things because Android is open source, but not no pull request accepted, as it were. So, uh, <laughs> so is it really open source? Uh, I don't know. But uh, so maybe that's what this is. Also, just another thing that people like Amazon won't get out of the box. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, and as I think about it, I, I, you know, Amazon has really their own version of Android. CyanogenMod just got a big investment to roll out their own official version of uh, Android to be put on devices. I mean, more and more of these companies are fundamentally changing Android. So, I mean, is it really any surprise Google has said we know what's best and, and we're going to go for it? I don't know. Uh, Maybe. It's kind of surprising. <laughs> you think so? Why, why do you think it's surprising? It just... Because uh, why didn't they do that before? What changed from, like, 2011 until now? Because now they... Uh, well, they own their own phone company, for starters. Mm -hmm. They own Motorola. Um, and I just think that... Maybe they just got fed up. I know I got fed up. I know I'm looking at all of these. Uh, oh yeah, all these different I agree just with that. horrific skins on these. And maybe they. I hope. I hope that's the case. I hope someone at Google finally said, you know, seriously, we let Samsung make these ridiculous OS tweaks. No one cares about that. You know, I. I, I want them. <laughs> I want Google to tell me what I want. Like, just tell me. Don't give me options. Just give me the phone. Actually, I I kind of buy that. Like maybe this is a play to take over the right. So so when they started this, they needed to get into the market. It wasn't, and they couldn't, you know, they couldn't be the device manufacturer. Um, so they had to. This was their gimmick to to sell to sell in in the face of their competition. Like you can, you know, you can take this. This is open source, so you can make it your own, right? Um, and in theory, what they got out of that was users for for Google services and things, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, but now they have their own phone company, and I mean, maybe they're betting on the fact that if they leave leave Samsung and HTC to, to on their on their own software wise, they'll fall apart, which I think. I don't think that's necessarily an unsafe bet. I've used, I have a Samsung phone. It's bad news. <laughs> well, but you know, maybe. it could be. They're scheming. They they like to take over. I mean, they're in every other. Uh, Google competes with literally everyone, so I I can't think of a company they don't compete with. <laughs> Chiquita bananas. Chipotle. Chipotle. 
You're Although if Google opened a burrito place, you'd probably go. <laughs> oh, definitely, but they haven't entered yet. that market quite yet. That's what the barges are. <laughs> Floating <laughs> burrito, burrito restaurants. Did we talk about the barge last week? No, we didn't. No, we haven't. We didn't. No, we didn't talk about the barges. Uh, it's not nearly as exciting as it would have been last I, week. I no. should have done. I should have done an on-location report. <laughs> <laughs> It's Google little selfie, selfie camera action down in San Francisco Bay. Yeah. yeah. As Google for becomes all, a, a movie supervillain with their floating barges. For, for anyone who doesn't know, last week, like, there are all these stories on the internet about, like, there are these, I don't know, there are these, like, big barges that someone's building in San Francisco Bay, and everyone thinks it's Google. And no one knows what they could be for. Yeah, well, I think they've they've confirmed two, and they think there's up to four. There's one up in Portland, Maine. They got photos of. Did sounds, they confirm what it is? That's no, like a supervillain. I don't think they've officially confirmed what it is, but there's credible reports as to what it could be. Like what? Everything from uh, a stores to sell Google Glass to a special VIP display venue for Google X you know, future projects, to uh, water-cooled data centers, to... Uh, also, think... extra-national data centers, though. There you go. Yeah, because, like, if you're Google and you start to think to yourself, what could happen that would just make Google cease to exist? And, like, any sort of crazy United States thing would probably cause Google to cease to exist. Like That's some true. crazy law or something. <laughs> we, we have been looking kind of unstable lately. <laughs> the government was shut down for a little bit. I mean, yeah. And then they were yeah. like spying on people left and right. And they had to call Google to fix healthcare.gov. <sighs> oh, man. Remember that? I really Players. enjoyed the infographics of like software size. <laughs> that was really high quality. What what in what were they saying? Is it significantly more lines of code? Yeah, it's like massive. Uh, I forget what the biggest one was, like the biggest, but it was. I mean, it was something crazy. It was just crazy, crazy. I am going to direct us back on track. What? Uh, not that I didn't enjoy these tangents. Um, Sean, the world's ending. <laughs> I know. You know, it was really, and I'll just say this and then we'll move on, but I was watching CNN before we got on the air and there was uh, a shooting at the uh, Paramus, New Jersey mall, which uh, apparently no one was injured, um, but they're still looking for the guy. But the part that was amusing to me was, who's the worst person you can think to interview live on CNN? <laughs> Answer? People who were at a Paramus, New Jersey shopping mall at a Monday night at 9.30 p.m. <laughs> they were, there were people calling into CNN, and I, they were, specifically there was one guy, and Anderson Cooper's like, you know, thank you, I know you're in the mall, locked down, don't tell us your location in case the guy's listening. He go, And so the guy, what's the first thing the guy says? He goes, yeah, I'm, I'm, we're in the back room at the Brookstone, it's right around the corner from the Nordstrom in the east end of the mall, and he's like, just a reminder, you don't have to tell us where you are. <laughs> I'm just like, it was really embarrassing. Okay, Nexus 5. 
Uh, <laughs> this is the phone they rolled out alongside a 4.4 KitKat. Uh, you know, Google has their long line of Nexus products, the fine products that Google say are A-OK to run their software 100% unaltered. Uh, and the newest is the Nexus 5. It is a smartphone. Um, I'll quickly run through some of the spec highlights um, that you may need to know. Uh, it is a 4.95, I'm just going to say 5-inch, 1080p uh, screen uh, on that. Uh, 445 pixels per inch. It's apparently gorgeous. Gorgeous? That's uh, what I'm told. Um, Does it come with one of those pencils in a notebook like that so you can look cool? <laughs> no, it doesn't. I wish it did. Just the that, accessories that to put on your to desk. Me. Like wood. Uh, let's see. It has a, uh, a camera with megapixels. I'm trying to find where it says how many. Several. Several. Eight. Greater it, than one. Plural I, megapixels. Less than 3,000. <laughs> uh, I believe it's three. It's three. Uh, it runs KitKat. Um, I'll just run down some of the other things. It's a solid built... Solidly built, feels good to use, uh, good processing power, gorgeous display. Uh, battery life is mediocre, but the big highlight on this phone, there's a, there's a big good and a big bad, okay? Mm -hmm. The big good is the price. What if I told you you could get a brand new, cutting-edge, high-quality smartphone running the latest Google Android operating system for $349 off contract? Unsubsidized. To get right out of town, Sean. I I kid you not, Dan Miller. I kid you not. <laughs> it is insane, but yes, it is three forty nine starting price for sixteen gigabytes. It is four hundred for thirty two gigabytes. Um, yeah, I know that is frankly astonishing. Pretty um, legit. Not that this is the first cheap smartphone. I mean, I know there's a couple of really nice Nokia Windows phones that off-contract are as low as 200 150 um, But certainly... Just, just, I mean, you could get a Firefox OS phone for like 79 bucks. I think. That's not a real thing! Ooh, ooh, them's fighting words. It, it is a real thing. I have one. Look, it's here. I have it. Well, this one was more than $79. Is that like the, the Apple of Firefox OS phones there? Uh, I mean, I guess. <laughs> it has a bigger screen and more RAM. Wow. <laughs> well, if, would be. if you decide you don't want a Firefox OS phone and you make a bad choice, you can get the Nexus 5 for only $349. Uh, it is uh, insanely reasonable price. Now, the bad side... Um, apparently the camera blows. It occasionally, it's very hit or miss. It will occasionally take good shots, but a lot of times it doesn't. Uh, we've seen this happen in other phones. It's often fixed through software updates, but, you know, I, I mean, let's, let's be honest. In probably the top three features of any phone you get, camera's going to be way up there. Yeah. So I think for a phone to, to, to just have a good enough camera uh, isn't going to cut it. Am I wrong? No, I think you're right. I agree, especially for something like the Nexus where you're... I don't think people walk into the store and buy those because marketing. 
<laughs> so if you're not selling it really hard, then I don't think it... If, if it's not selling itself on its own merits, then I don't think it'll sell. And I think it's a disappointment, not just because the uh, camera was not so good in this, but there were reports the camera was not so good in the Moto X. Um, I don't know what issues Google is having getting decent cameras, but you know, even my iPhone 4S, which is I don't even know how many years old, takes really great pictures. You have the mm -hmm. Lumia 1020, which is taking some 41 gazillion megapixels. Um, you know, I, I think to to miss on the camera is to miss on a pretty big feature. Yeah. Which is a big disappointment, because I actually really, I think this is a really great phone, but uh, I don't know if I, I mean, do either of you, would either of you be interested in buying this? Does no. it excite anybody? No? No, nothing really gets me going. Mm. I mean, so, uh, I guess if I was going to get an Android phone, maybe. But still, the Moto know. X is still so nice, and it doesn't yeah, have as crappy a camera. If it doesn't have all those cool things like the Google Now integration, well, it, it has Google Now, but just not to the a very a very light extent. It's basically going to be the same as uh, Jelly Bean. But on the Moto X, you can do the voice activation from the phone's not screen that's not true. even being on, and that's something the Nexus Five cannot do. Right. So it's something to keep in mind. And honestly, I mean, if you really think about it, that's kind of confusing to consumers. When you have some features on some phones and not on others, that's when you get that sort of checklist scenario where some phones mm -hmm. are checked with this and not with this. Um, you know, if I would think that's what Google is trying to avoid, but I don't know. <laughs> huh. Um, I don't know either. I don't know what to tell you. This is why I like that's Apple what I News. I they were trying to avoid too. That's why I was so confused about the is KitKat doesn't really have any features. It's just. Uh, how to work, except for the features that we're releasing only with the Nexus 5. I yeah. don't know. And a Nexus phone it's supposed to be running like... I don't know. I just always got the impression that the Nexus phones ran the same stuff that everyone else got. Otherwise, why isn't the Moto X a Nexus phone? What's the difference between the Moto X and the Nexus 5 now, at the end of the day? In pure terms of software? Well, I mean, obviously, like, there's hardware differences. Yeah, but, like, the Moto X is specifically not a Google phone, which is why they're able to do crazy stuff, like add this feature where you can talk to it without the screen being on, which isn't built in a stock Android, right? Yeah. But now the, the, the Nexus phone, which is supposed to be not that, also has features that no other phone has. Well, I think this is going to be my totally in-the-wild-shot prediction, but my guess would be we're going to see KitKat coming to the Moto X with this feature built in, the, the always listening, because it's a processor thing. That's how the Moto X is able to do it. They have that second yeah. processor. I think with the way Google now is integrated into KitKat, uh, it wouldn't surprise me to see it roll out to the Moto X and include all this. Again, they haven't said it's only the Nexus 5. It's just oh, the okay. only... They say partners will not have these features, but they have never said, like, we're never giving it out. They've only said, for now, the Nexus 5 is the only phone. So I... You know, is Samsung going to get some of this stuff? Probably not. I mean, 
but it, it wouldn't surprise me to see the Moto X get updated. That's one of the benefits to them. Hopefully, one of the benefits to them owning the company is faster updates. Mm -hmm. um, and then to see this Google Now stuff built in with the Moto X. But that's a total prediction. It's it, There's really, this is so new, it's hard to know. Thanks for the clarification. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how clear that was. It was mostly me BSing. Oh, but, yeah. You know, it's, it's wild speculation, but it's, you know, the all we've got. Wild. The wildest of expectations. Uh, all right, well, why don't we uh, move on from Android? Uh, we've got three other stories here. Is there any that you guys particularly want to talk about? Uh, you know which one I want to talk about, but we should do at least something before that. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, then. then again, that one's not very long, so we can just knock it out now if you want to. I want to get this NSA stuff over with because you know how big of a fan I am of this. So, Dan, tell us <laughs> what, what wacky hijinks is the NSA up to this week? Okay, so last week which was probably after we even had the show last week, uh, the Washington Post or The Guardian, one of those, released more Snowden documents, which was basically like a napkin drawing of Google's infrastructure and the Internet and the point at what we in the industry call where SSL terminates. So uh, SSL is really expensive, and it turns out that you want to not have that for as much as you can. And so once you get the data into your data center, you terminate the SSL and you don't uh, encrypt anything after that point because it's all in your data center. Anyways, the NSA realized this and decrypted this or somehow either by... It was, it was speculated, it was hinted that they had done something with this to read Google's internal traffic. And then the NSA came out and said, no, we don't listen to any of Google's traffic without asking them first, basically. You know, we have legal channels, and we only listen to foreign nationals and no U.S. citizens. Then, almost immediately, they released more documents showing that the NSA, another NSA presentation that basically lays out how the Google um, internal authentication works. So, I apparently, I now know this, if you work at Google, there's this thing, uh, what do they call it? Uh, anyways, Google has this service you use to log into all the internal services at Google, everything goes through this one thing, this one authentication service. Gaia, there you go. And uh, the NSA lays out exactly how that works in the protocol and all of these things, thereby showing that they have access to the internal Google network, uh, thereby refuting the NSA statement from just earlier that day, I think. Uh, <laughs> so that's pretty funny. Yeah. I really like the drawing, but I can't find it. Oh. Yeah, I think I just found it. Coley, did you see this drawing? No, I didn't. Uh, Put it up, man. I'm trying, I'm trying. Nope. That's not it. Da -da. I was listening. I just really needed some more coffee. 
Oh, okay. That's that's just fine. I'm trying to find the the napkin drawing picture. So while oh, you're doing that, I... oh, okay. What were you gonna say, Sean? My question is, why should I care about this? This this one this time? <laughs> you should have cared about all the ones that every time. No, I, Colby, the news has already put me in an enormous panic. Why should I care about this one? Oh, I it did says, see that drawing. That drawing was with the smiley face. Yeah. That was really funny. Yeah, so I think this one's a particularly heinous because they, like, willfully lying to the American public. And then immediately being proven, multiple, this has happened multiple times, where they say, we do not spy on na other national leaders. And then it's like, well, you spied on the German, you know, secretary for years. And it's like, well, maybe we do do that. You, we do not look at any American traffic from U.S.-based companies without explicit court orders and the proper approvals. Well, you listen to everything without any approval, foreign national or not. <laughs> so I don't know. It's like they haven't—they haven't shown the ability to tell the truth about anything. No, it's so, not necessarily their fault. I I'm suspect not... they're lying about most everything. So I mean. As, as far as it's gone so far, I mean, they've been lying about everything, so... So hold the phone. You're telling me a secretive government spying agency isn't telling us the truth? Yes. Indeed. What? <laughs> I am outraged! No, no, it's... What are we supposed to believe? You know what? I'm, I'm honestly starting to, to think that at this point... They're purposefully rolling out lots of little information over a long period of time so that people stop giving a crap. Because, like, at this point, I'm like, I get it. You're spying on us. Stop telling me about it. Like, like you've convinced me. You don't have to keep leaking things. I get it. You're spying. But then it goes beyond that, too, because other countries don't want to... No one's... The German government isn't going to use Google Apps... Well, maybe Chancellor Angela Merkel shouldn't be hiding things. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I mean, what, what, it's weird that we are surprised that the U.S. is spying on us, but Germany's probably also spying on us. I'm not China's surprised also spying that on they're We're all spying, spying on, on each other. I'm surprised that they that like they can't come clean about what's happening. Well, of course they can't. They're a government spying agency. They, their whole websites, de de, you know, devoted to how they don't come clean about things. Like, I, I just, yeah, it sucks, and nobody wants to be spied on. But I just think it's really funny. Like, wait, the NSA was spying on people? Like, yeah, it's just we got caught. <laughs> That's like all, everyone else does this. Like, I'm sure China has a server somewhere with all my emails on it. That's fine, but, but China like, probably doesn't because China doesn't have physical access to like this shit, these cables. Oh, I like to imagine that there's some like Mission Impossible style 
spy stuff going on. And, you know, there's some you Google like engineer and Google engineer with the with a rubber mask and he tears it I off. Mean, it's a proven fact that a Chinese government agent sneaks into everyone's house at night and reads your mail. I mean, <laughs> I'm not surprised. That's why I haven't been getting my mail. Uh, no, I don't know. I'm yes, I I agree, and I think technologically it's very interesting when you start talking about these internal systems uh, that these different companies have. But it's just, I'm sorry, I don't mean to be a big NSA downer. I'm sorry. My ne- I think next week we're gonna find out that those little uh, DEP boxes outside of everyone's house are actually these things called Vanek freaking devices, which read. I learned about this last week, which read the. Uh, which basically diff the radiation from your monitor against the environmental radiation and are able to reconstruct what's being shown on your monitor remotely. What? That's I think next week we'll find that out. And I love even, spy stuff. Even <laughs> in on computers that aren't even connected to the internet, even if you don't save anything, they're still recording everything. That's that's what I think. I love it. I love this kind of sp- this like sci-fi esque kind of like. That's crazy I spy read stuff. papers about it last weekend. It's a legit thing, That's and they awesome. thought they wouldn't be able to do it with, when CRTs went away. But then they're like, we just get a more powerful antenna, and now we totally can. It's like crazy. God, terrifying. That's awesome. <laughs> That's so, like, I, I love, like, you know, back in, like, World War One, where they'd, like, the, the recorder the size of a quarter, and that was, like, cutting edge. Like, I love spy stuff like that, so that's cool. <laughs> like, that's, that's awesome. Maybe I've just been watching too much uh, Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, I, I learned that from uh, Cryptonomicon, which was my pick last week, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah. Vanek Freaking, so definitely check it out. I haven't started it. Uh, tomorrow comes out the... Um, I don't know if you guys ever read Game Change, which was the book about the 2008 election. It's an no. awesome book, and I highly recommend it. They Their sequel is coming out tomorrow, and it's all about the 2012 election. And okay. they go in-depth. And the first book was, like, really kind of scandalous and went really in-depth, so I'm very excited. Like, I'm going to... I already pre-ordered it, and it's going to show up on my Kindle tomorrow, so... <laughs> Imagine if it was super mundane... Uh, you know, it's Mitt Romney, so it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, okay. It's just it's regular. It's just Not, him hanging around. Exciting happened. That's why he didn't win. He was just he was just a boring regular guy. Uh, so let's move on to uh, one last story. Um, we're gonna move past the uh, steam machine thing only because it's mostly images. Um, I recommend everyone go and check them out. They're all over the blog, so you can just probably Google. Valve Steam Machine, uh, the prototype is out. You can look at it. It's shiny and beautiful in the pictures, um, and it glows. You're shiny and beautiful, Sean. Oh, Dan, you, s- you stop it. Man after my own heart. Um, <laughs> no, it's, uh, it looks like every other game console you've ever seen. Uh, they talk a little bit about the internal specs, but, uh, they said that nothing's finalized and they're going to make actual partner announcements at CES in January, so. So, I've been thinking about building a, uh, uh, a gaming PC again, and that video card they have in there is, like, the most expensive video card you can buy and is, like, legit a thousand dollars. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's pretty intense. Gaming PCs and equipment can get very expensive very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So it'll be interesting to see how this will be priced when it comes out in January. Um, so that's Valve's latest. Uh, but I wanted to talk, actually, about a little company called BlackBerry, um, which has been on a bit of a uh, business roller coaster. Uh, the latest being is that they were supposed to be bought out by its largest shareholder, um, and instead, uh, they're going to stick around because their uh, investors are putting $1 billion into the company. Uh, they're getting a new CEO in John Chen. Um, and really, Didn't they, they just... just hire their old CEO like a year ago or a little over a year ago? Yep, they dumped him. Nice. I, uh, I, I have a no- an announcement for like the rest of the world. Like, if if instead of giving a billion dollars to BlackBerry, they would just give it to me, I can almost guarantee that I wouldn't lose <laughs> it, and I would probably make more money than BlackBerry is going to. <laughs> <laughs> You could put it into into a checking account and make more money than... No, I agree. What was it? Somewhere... I have to find this article. Oh, last quarter, in, in the second quarter of this year, BlackBerry lost about a billion dollars. In one quarter, they lost a billion dollars. <laughs> um, insane. So the real question I wanted to talk about, there have been... Rumors about everyone and their brother coming around and buying the company, but no one's been able to sign on that dotted line. Um, this reminds me very much of Palm back when it started its decline. Uh, they launched WebOS, BlackBerry launched BlackBerry 10, um, and very quickly it didn't pan out, and HP bought Palm. What do we see the future looking like for BlackBerry? I mean, is this a smart investment for any company? Do you think they can turn it around on their own, or are we going to have you know a fire sale and uh, you know auction well, auction at all? Have. A lot. That's pretty much all that they're worth now. <laughs> no, no, don't laugh. But that's really uh, no, what no, people no, say. I, yeah. That and if there's anything in uh, BlackBerry Messenger or uh, BlackBerry Ten, I don't think uh, it's more more than ten thousand patents. Well, also, like, the BlackBerry Enterprise stuff is pretty serious. Like, the... Uh, although I'm sure the NSA has the keys to it, but, like, the encryption and all the, like, regulatory stuff that it meets for, like, healthcare and government and Department of Defense, like, I think they've got that market locked down. Well... I think, do you think that they could, uh... They could, like, IBM it at this point and just be like, well, we're going to make uh, high-end smartphones for highly regulated, constrained industries and stop most R&D that doesn't really go in that direction. That might not be a bad idea. The only the only questions I have about them doing that, and I agree, I don't think that's a bad idea, but A, how big that market actually is versus how big we perceive it to be. It's not that big, but... It could keep a company afloat that doesn't have the cut its expenses. And that's true. But then my other point would be this flies in the face of the bring your own device movement and the fact that phones have gone from being a commodity to being, I don't want to say a fashion statement because I don't think that's fair, but they've definitely gone to a style item where I think all it's going to take is... Apple or Google or Microsoft or somebody to just get a little bit of foot in the door to take this away from 
BlackBerry. If anything, it would make more sense for... So, uh, they in no way should, and I'm not endorsing this, but it does somewhat make sense, would be Microsoft buying BlackBerry or even Samsung buying BlackBerry, because I know Samsung's been pushing really hard in Enterprise, um, and incorporate them into their Enterprise products. talk about the Facebook phone buying BlackBerry. Yep, which would be a horrifically bad idea. Yeah. Because uh, if there's any... Because <laughs> if there's the one... Th- What's Facebook missing, folks? Hardware. Hey, uh, Amazon did it. Who would have thunk? Uh, to be honest, not me. Yeah, that, that worked out well for them. Um, but, I mean, does BlackBerry really have any future in consumer products? I don't think so. I mean, the only thing I think that has <laughs> any value would be patents, and I think BlackBerry Messenger, to some degree, still has some value. The, the, the statistics of people who still use BBM is shockingly high. How did they use it before they released it on the, all the other platforms? They used it... You know, Dan, people still use Blackberries. Oh. Just not not nearly enough. But yeah. no, but they... And they do. Um, Kaylee, our, one of our friends from college tried to hold out as long as possible. Like, she really wanted BBM to come out on all the other phones so we could all BBM together. <laughs> I mean, it's it's really not bad. It's not bad technology, and especially now that they're at least somewhat making it more multi-dimensional. You know, I could see Microsoft doesn't really have a, uh, a particularly good cross-platform messaging. They're trying it with Skype. Um, That's true. BBM could be shoehorned in. Even Facebook, I could see to some degree using BBM, but, you know, it's just, I don't, I see them really like I saw Palm before HP bought them, and I'm like, I just, like, I feel bad, I want them to be around, but it's like, mm-hmm. there's, I don't see, it's kind of like Kodak, you know, where it's like, I get it, you were really popular for a while, and then you drop the ball, and now all you're worth is your patents, and you're just going to shut down. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Well, maybe they have something up their sleeve, and they'll they'll shock us all. I I hope so. I you know it, it's I, I don't like seeing businesses fold, and I liked WebOS. I liked what Palm was doing. I don't I don't like to see companies shut down, but you know you can't lose a billion dollars in a quarter and expect to be around much longer. So I certainly wouldn't be buying their stock right now. We'll put it that way. Although it's pretty low, so... Probably cheap, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If you're looking to make money on that turnaround, now would be the time. Uh, Hmm. Outstanding. All right. Lots of good stories, but let's move on to our picks this week. Um, And we have some really awesome ones I'm excited for. Um, And we are going to start, I think, with Dan, who has a service I've been dying to use, and I'd like to know uh, your experiences with this, because I don't know anyone who's actually used this. Oh, so That's crazy. I know. Well, I live in the middle of nowhere, and we don't. This is, you know, this isn't a thing. But, but tell me about. It. I'm actually really excited. Okay, so my pick this week is something you might have heard about called Airbnb. And basically, what Airbnb is is you have a space, whether it's a room or a couch <laughs> or an entire apartment or an entire home, and you can be a host on Airbnb and people pay, sign up through this really great interface and pay to be at your place for a certain amount of time. And Airbnb does all this great stuff to facilitate 
making sure that the host is a reliable person and doing background checks on even some of the people now. So, like, as a uh, person looking for things, it's incumbent on you to supply your driver's license because that makes it more likely for the host to accept you and things like that. Uh, but, Sean, funny you should mention living in the middle of nowhere. Unfortunately, that's not a, a good query. Let's say we were going to go to Rhinebeck. New York. So you type in Rhinebeck, New York, search, and do do do. Great. We've got some rooms. Uh, so you'll find Airbnbs all over the place. There's some in the crappy town I'm from. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, why not? There, I'm sure there's some people passing through if you have a spare room or, like, this is cool. a little shed that you renovated recoup your investment. Uh, they also have some really crazy things. So one of the my favorite things to do on Airbnb is just to look at places I would probably never actually go to. Uh, come on. And one of the best ways to do that is by looking at these popular wish lists that other people make. Uh, and you learn all about learn all about weird things. Like glamping, which is glamour plus camping, apparently. And these are like these crazy campsites that you can get <laughs> with like tree houses or like weird hexagonal structures. So it's like geodesic dome houses, all these crazy things, crazy living quarters that you can rent for like incredibly reasonable. And that's the other thing is like it's really cheap. It's almost always cheaper than a hotel. And you get like a really nicely furnished house because for a lot of people the house is like a point of pride it's like they're really getting the opportunity for people to come in and appreciate their home renovation skills every all the places I've stayed at it's been three so far have been very nicely decorated and renovated impeccably kept and I think it's because people just like to show off and get that appreciation so it's nicer than a hotel cheaper than a hotel uh, and all around way better. So my pick is Airbnb. Next time you're traveling or just looking to get away for a weekend, do it up. That is super cool. Dan, how do we get to stay at your place? Uh, well, in New York, it might be illegal. We haven't really figured that out yet, uh, uh, but I'll get back to you. All right. Cool. <laughs> Col Colby, can we stay at your place? My place in San Francisco? In California, yeah. man. Um, we actually probably could. We have, like, an extra room in our apartment. There are a lot know. of San Francisco places. Whether whether, yeah. whether or not our, I don't know, is that legal? I don't, like, I don't know if our, our lease, like... No, that's true. Things like that, but... Maybe. You, that's really Sean, you, you can come stay at my place whenever you want. <laughs> For for a fee, and you have to get my driver's license, and you have to yes, yeah. Better safe than sorry. <laughs> that is outstanding. You don't know what the Sean guy has done? No, no, you don't. Um, <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, uh, Colby, let's talk about your pick, which um, is an absolutely outstanding service I've been using for years, and I'm glad you were going to tell the world about it. So. Yeah. So. Uh... I don't, so, I don't, I don't know about you guys, but I have accounts on a lot of websites, and 
really the, <laughs> there are, there are two ways to manage an unmemorizable number of account logins and passwords. One way is to have one password for all your things, which for a very long time I did. But you should, you really shouldn't do that. It's 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 bad news. Um, because then if if someone gets your password for one thing, they have your passwords for all the things. Um, and the other way, I think, is to use a surface like LastPass, which basically LastPass is a little browser extension that you install in Chrome or Firefox or Safari or, you know, maybe Internet Explorer probably. They have mobile apps too. Yep, yeah, they have they have an iPhone and an Android app too. Um, and really what it does is it, like every time you log into a website, it'll pop up and say, hey, do you want to save this website? Um, and you can save it, and then you never have to type in your username or password again on that website. And not only that, um, but when you sign up for a new website, it, it detects a sign-up form and... It gives it'll like let you um, or it'll help you generate a password. So there are all kinds of like options for generating passwords. So you could have something like totally crazy and like you know 64 characters long with special characters and capital letters and numbers that's totally gibberish, um, or you can have you know something that's that's like readable words I think is there's an option so it's like something you might be able to understand um, and it's very easy to generate a password and because the service remembers all the passwords for you it's no big deal that you can't memorize a million different 32 character strings because you're not a robot because LastPass is a robot and it can do that um, so that's that if if you're if you want to get serious about security, LastPass is your issue. Unless, like, I don't know, unless LastPass got hacked, and then you'd be screwed. <laughs> but I'm willing to risk that they're good at not getting hacked. Yeah, and yeah, and and I'm I'm gonna jump just add a, a couple things. One is that I've used LastPass for a long time, and I feel weirdly comfortable with LastPass only because. Like, I use Chrome syncing across everything, and Chrome is constantly like, we'll remember your passwords. I don't like Google knowing all my passwords because they already know everything else. At least LastPass, all they know is my passwords. So there's that. Uh, I'd also recommend that if you get serious about LastPass, their pre uh, upgrading to premium is not a bad idea. Uh, you get more access with their mobile apps, which are excellent. Um... You can share passwords with people. If you need someone to access an account, you can send them a temporary login. And it's like 12 bucks a year. It's super reasonable. So, um, oh, it's like, oh, yeah, that's what I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, it's a, it's a buck a month. It's so reasonable. So um, I highly recommend getting really into uh, to LastPass because that's, um, it's awesome. Fact. Fact. Yeah. Last pass.com. I always say last pass. I always I never say the T. Indeed. What's your pick, Sean? Alright. So Halloween is over. Halloween was so last month, okay? What is the next big great American holiday? 
Veterans Day. <laughs> Technic. Okay. After that. Uh, Thanksgiving. No, you're not doing this right. Okay, time out. Let's roll this back. The next great American holiday, Black Friday. The one day a year. You know, some say Fourth of July is the most American holiday. I disagree. I say Black Friday is the most American. The best day of the year where you go out at 2 a.m. in the freezing cold and stand outside of a Best Buy to watch people trample each other for a cheap flat screen TV. It is my favorite holiday all year, and I look forward to it, and I go every year out in the early morning. It's a blast, but it's a rookie move to not be prepared. Anyone who shows up to a Walmart at midnight without some kind of list you're going to get trampled. I guarantee it. I've seen it before, okay? So you got to get prepared, but you got to have the tools to do it. Years of doing this has shown me the best tools, and it all comes down to one website. Bookmark it. Remember it. Subscribe. BFADS.net or BFADS.net, but you get the idea. BF for Black Friday. Ads.net. Um, and this is, in my opinion, the best Black Friday. And I know you're saying, Sean, we've only just gotten into November. Well, you know, some of the ads are already out, and there's more out every day. Uh, this uh, site is great uh, because everything on there is uh, categorized well. They get uh, the leaks pretty early. They're one of the top Black Friday sites, uh, including full ad scans. Uh, they list all the items by store and by category, including searchables. They also collect online sales as well. Um, they're very good about keeping you up to date with as new stuff comes out. They do guides each year telling you what the best deal is or what's the best you know, TV or camera in each, in each price range across all the stores. There's forums where you can share deals. And there's also an account feature where you can add items to your wish list. And then to prepare for Black Friday, you can print out a list. And it will not only tell you where to get things or what you're going to get, but it will even tell you where in the store you can find them because some stores actually will put them in a certain, you know, it won't be in electronics, it'll be in a certain area. Um, it's definitely the uh, professionals Black Friday's website. Um, and they also, the, the professional, you know, you can tell. How many people have you trampled to death? I've watched a lot of people. I go, I'm a spectator in the sport. I don't participate. Because I know better. But I do enjoy watching people getting trampled. Well played. I tried to trip you up there. And you, no, you... no. I will never admit to the crime. Uh, I'll never forget. I'll just tell this briefly. But it was I was at Target one year. And I think it was the first store I stopped at. And it was probably about 4 a.m. when they opened. And the doors opened and everyone was just slamming each other to get in. And I was a little bit back in the line. So I didn't get slammed. So I finally get in the store, and some guy carrying, like, it must have been a 45-inch flat screen, huge box, comes running up to me. Just the, I've never seen anyone with this look in his eyes, just, like, fear and panic. And he's just, he's out of breath, because he clearly ran across the entire store, back to the entrance, and he's looking around. Where's the cashier? Where's the cashier? And he just runs off with the television. I've never seen anything like it. It's scary. Um, Isn't it? So I also wanted to point out that uh, they also have a mobile app as well. Yeah, this is real. With all the stores and all the sales, uh, you can add to your wish list right on the site uh, and then take this with you on Black Friday, and it will have all of your items on there. Uh, no worries. So uh, if you're ready to save and you're serious about Black Fridays, you've got to go to bfads.net. Um, for all the latest, and you'll see me out there 
uh, with my coffee freezing ready to save $2 on a DVD. Well, good luck, Sean. Worth it. So worth it. other Black Friday shoppers. Oof. It's, it's rough. It's rough. Maybe I'll live tweet it this year. We'll see. Scary. Uh, okay. Well, with that, uh, we come to the inevitable, uh, the conclusion of this fantastic episode of Dope Panic. I am extremely satisfied. I think we had a wonderful show. Um, anything you guys want to uh, say or plug before we uh, wrap up here? Yes. Um, yes. Really, Dan? Maybe. We might have a new website next week. We'll hey! See. Could be. That's exciting. It might be two weeks. Yeah. You can just say eventually and I'll be satisfied. So that's wonderful. Oh, also, it turns How out... How about Black are... Friday? We'll set, we'll set a deadline. It's fair. <laughs> it turns out I had broken our RSS feed a couple weeks ago. And I couldn't figure out why iTunes wasn't working, and it turns out it was my fault. So that's fixed now. So if you're using iTunes to listen, it'll work again. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, and you and everyone, you should absolutely unequivocally subscribe to us, if not on, on iTunes, or at least through RSS um, on your respective app or device. Because I don't even remember when we do shows, so to get it automatically to your device is the way to go. Um, and also, if anyone out there is watching or listening, uh, leave us feedback on iTunes. Um, let us know what you think of the show, and of course, we do have an email, uh, don'tpanicshow at gmail.com. Uh, so I recommend you uh, hit us up there. And as always, don'tpanic.io and facebook.com slash don'tpanicshow. Uh, with that, I will thank Colby Rabidou, Dan Miller, and I am Sean Jennings. Uh, and we are going to send you off uh, from this show by simply saying uh, good night. We'll see you next week. <laughs>